podcast is about taking media action find the problem fix the problem this is your opportunity it's either a hell yes or a fuck no it's that simple <laughs> now is the time to take action now's the time to do more and be more Second one podcast, everybody. The Camp Casey edition, vacation edition. Uh, every week we're here to challenge you to do more and be more. And this week is nothing different than that because uh, vacation is the time where I feel like you can build that the best. So Casey's got what a week off or so. Week off. So we're up on Saint Joe's Island, just north of the Sioux or east of the Sioux. Yeah, they call this place a camp, but it's uh, it's one of the most beautiful cottages I've ever been to with an incredible view. Uh, Yesterday we came in last night and uh, had just a great time. We were out on the Sea Dew, Casey. I was uh, I was riding bitch on the Sea Dew, and Casey <laughs> had me screaming. This guy is like we talk about it all the time. He's he's fearless on on these types of things, and this is not my element when we're flying around the water. But uh, and the boys are having a blast. They're, I think it's the first time they ever jumped in a lake with uh, huge waves going as the wind was going. So it's been so fun so far. So thanks for having us, man. Absolutely, it's been so much fun. It's fun showing the like you said, showing the boys a lot of things around here and. Going through the woods in the back, and then also just going through, like you said, Braun jumped in the water maybe 37 times yesterday, so it's just, it's fun to get to to show them these kind of things and give this kind of experience, so it's been great. Yeah, he jumped in at least 37 times, I want to <laughs> say, so yeah, man, on the way up, so we stopped at uh, 416 Tactical in Toronto, uh, just Etobicoke, I think you would call it, but it's, uh, or yeah, whatever. Just on the this uh, the other side of Toronto, uh, right near the IKEA, and uh, what a what an awesome store, man! A friends of ours, Dave and Michelle, who were ex cops, who really helped Danny and I. They opened a gym, and they helped Danny and I to uh, get going with this uh, with the gym. So we wanted to go support them as they've switched their gym now into a tactical supply store. It was like heaven on earth for me. So. Yeah, I feel like I'd spend so much money. If yeah, we going. spent a couple of bucks, but you feel good about doing it, supporting some friends, and uh, we bought some of this. Uh, black rifle coffee for this trip and i am so impressed with this blend that we're drinking yeah. right now this, this is they call it beyond black or something i think this is called yeah and it is delicious and it's funny because this is what a few episodes ago curse Fraser was talking about he does photography for them like all over the world and it's yeah i'm very impressed it's delicious yeah it's smooth it's bold anyways if you guys want to give it a shot uh, 416 tactical supply Look them up on Instagram, follow them. Uh, they will send it right to your house. And uh, they're, they're an official, I think, retailer of that and of 511 Tactical. And I was buying some clothes for Bart and I for Blast Camp. Uh, Bart, was, <laughs> Bart was wearing hand-me-down pants from, like, drumming. From his, so he looked like, we looked like we were wearing our big brother's clothes. Uh, even oh, yeah. since I left that team up, I've, like, shrunk. So the pants I had were uh, looking a little baggy on me. So we got more stylish ones. So we'll be ready to roll on that one. Good. How was the last Blast Camp? Oh my god, the last blast camp was fucking unreal, man. It just keeps getting better, and the one in September is coming. I'm going to be meeting with uh, Dave about, you know, 416 Tactical. Maybe we can get some Black Rifle Coffee involved or some 
tactical pants involved, whatever. We're going to meet and like see how we can support each other. And that's awesome just to like kind of do those kind of things with, you know, people that in your network and all those yeah. things. I just love that part of it. And it's been, uh, it was, uh, as uh, the pun always goes, it was a blast of the blast <laughs> camp. And we're uh, looking for September 10th to the 12th. If anybody wants to jump on, you can hit me up at Tony at Tango1.ca and we'll get you set up. So, enough uh, plugging of my own stuff. We'll do some plugging later, maybe, because there's a couple exciting things happening. But um, vacation workouts, man, it's kind of like a thing I want to cover since we are on vacation. And this morning I woke up and, uh, you know, it was pouring rain. Mm -hmm. You can do one of two things. You can, like, you know, uh, you can sit around all day. And and we did sit around and have some fun this morning. But then we did a a big family workout. Uh, Brooke, Danny, me, you, the boys. And you and I jumped on the uh, the spin like the spin bikes, and Brooke threw, put us through a workout of hers. And I haven't done spin in twenty something years, and and it shows. Oh <laughs> you kicked my ass today, Casey! Like dominated me by like a hundred calories in twenty minutes. So, but yeah, that's, that's stuff I like to do. So when I'm on vacation, people ask, "Well, what do you do for vacation workouts? Do you still lift? Do you still?" Actually, no. I take vacation. Like lifting is like I I love it. It's my passion. It's also a job for me. So when I come home, I like to, uh, when I go on vacation, I like to just do different things and kind of get out of my, you know, so. I'm do you just... have like a routine, like, do you have like a go-to maintenance routine or workout or is it just kind of whatever's off the top of your head? No, man, it kind of just depends on where I go. Like, you know, a lot of vacations, like in the past, we've gone traveling around. So there's, there's always like gyms and different, whether it's to the West Side or the old Jim Jones contacts, stop in gyms that are kind of different, you know, and just do what they do, like. And I, I, I like, you know, I don't CrossFit or I don't spin like as my only workouts or I don't do that ever really. But to jump in a workout with somebody and like do something different and kind of put a different tool in my toolbox. Yeah. Like just what we did this morning. It's like something, man. Like I'm like, ah, oh, man, I can do this for a quick 20 minutes yeah. and at it's home. A good, it's a good thing every once in a while to like to break, break routine a bit. But do it like productively. Like don't break routine by like taking the day off and doing nothing. Like if it's supposed to be a heavy leg day do a heavy leg day but if you're at like you said another gym and they're doing another variation of it it's not going to hurt you to do that and learn something new and just do something and if you don't have the equipment available to you then you can still do a heavy leg workout like you had 20 minutes on the bike and guarantee you already can't walk <laughs> yeah my quads i got my my silkies on because i feel like my quads are jacked right now i want to show them off but yeah, no, my rules kind of if I don't have a gym access or whatever, even if I did, if we were staying at a hotel, like I, my thing is like go in 20, 30 minutes, kind of full body. Don't really plan anything to like get there, look around what they've got. And like tomorrow we're shipping out of here and heading to uh, my buddy's cottage, Joe, who's been on the, you know, he was the guest on the podcast with us. We're going down to his cottage, which is just an hour down the road <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere and there's two cottages within an hour of each other. But uh, we're going down there and uh, I brought my, uh, my vest with me. Uh, you know, I'll do 20 minutes pull-ups, push-ups, or I'll like, uh, you know, I'll do like, I'll grab the axe, or I'll fill up the wheelbarrow with some logs, push it around, just do some things that are way different, 20 minutes of real good solid sweat, jump in the lake like we did, like kind of revive yourself, and then I know like you're, you're big into it, it's like, you know, like on a day like today, like we might go for a walk into town, yeah. like do like, just a lot more things just that are move, different. move, I think, is the big thing, right, if you're on vacation, is like doing something to keep you active, like obviously take vacation to rest but at the same time like give yourself that half hour 45 minutes to just sweat and do something and if you have nothing available to you at all push-ups squats you can do push-ups and squats for 10 at a time 
and just set a timer for 25 minutes or 20 minutes and by the end of it you'll be like 400 or 500 push-ups in and you've done so much more and you can get on with your day and you just feel better like after this morning's workout like you feel so energized to just tackle like whatever comes that day and you've accomplished it and check that box so it's definitely yeah. something yeah, i think you hit on a great point like that's one of my tricks is I, everybody's heard me say this before i love e-moms Every minute on the minute or, you know, every 30 seconds on the 30 seconds, however you want to say that, or every two minutes on the minute, like set yourself three exercises, a set number of reps and just go. And that just guarantees that one, you're going to stay focused and you're in and out. Like you can make an 18 minute workout where you're going to get in, you know, 150 pushups, like you said, 150 squats, and then maybe something fun that's kind of like unique to where you are, like, you know, uh. Uh, lumberjack squats with the axe like reaching it yeah. back over top and then squatting like there's all these things that you can do throw in like an ab movement and you get a great workout and you get three four of those in in the week and then go for a bunch of walks we're gonna be paddle boarding like next week uh, today you and i are going out we're probably gonna be out on the jet ski again which is a fucking when you're hanging on like me it's like farmer's holds basically as i <laughs> farmer's holding casey against my my body to keep me from flying off the back but yeah that, that's the kind of stuff i love to do man yeah and that's yeah that's the thing. Today too, like, well, this week we're on vacation. It's like we'll probably be, we'll be wakeboarding. We'll be like tubing and things like that. It's like wakeboarding's just rowing for like thirty minutes. You're hanging on. It's like doing bent over rows for, you know, thirty minutes just to get that work in. So use use activities as kind of a bit of that workout. But it's always nice to just get stuff done. And when you talk about like reps, I was I was working out with some people the other day at work. And, like, you're like, okay, hey, we're going to finish this off with, like, 100 seal sit-ups. And it's, like, 100. It's, like, no. They're, like, no chance. It's, like, yeah, just 10 at a time. And just go, I'm going to do 10, you do 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. And then it's, like, before you know it, you're done, right? And you're, like, you can accomplish so much more when you break things down into those tiny numbers than people think. Like, I know all the time, like, I'll do, I'll do like, a, a day where I'll just be, like, challenge myself with, like, okay, today I'm going to do 600 push-ups just to see how long it takes or whatever. And it seems like such an absurd amount, but it's like if you just do, you know, set a 20, set a 20, take some time off, like just do 100 here and there throughout the day, it's like all of a sudden you can hit such high numbers that you wouldn't think are possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So, oh, fuck, what was that one talk about? Oh, did you watch the any of that Conor McGregor? You must have at least seen the highlights. Yeah. That is, what's going on lately? It's like people's shins are shattering all over the UFC. Like, what? Uh, I don't know enough about shin, shin strength, but yeah, it's crazy. It seems like it's happening more I and more. Like, like more people must be attacking the legs, or I don't, I have no idea. But that was you never know because you like I wonder fighting so fascinating to me, and it's like you wonder if it's like, are they just, are they overtraining before the fight, or like maybe. Maybe he screwed up his shin before the fight, but can't call it off, and now he's fighting on a weak leg or whatever. Like, I can't imagine that like overtraining messes with your butt. You know what? I don't know enough about it, I guess. But what somebody had said to me, somebody who's like knows a little bit more than me, was that like he made that the strike, and then when he went to step back, so he must have fractured it, kind of probably oh, yeah. hurt. But they're probably so used to it hurting when they kick, and then stepped back and put his weight onto it, and that's when it like. Uh huh. Oh, disgusting, man! Like absolutely disgusting to think that. Like I watching Randis fights and when they leg kick, the sound when you're in that arena, especially like uh, we were there for one of Randis fights and she was on the like the lower card, so yeah. it was like pretty empty. 
the sound in the arena of that, like, and especially with she was the one taking the strikes on that day, was like, you're like, oh my god, like every time that's like whap, whap, like you're hitting. It's it seems like, like a fascinating sport until you like see that live, and you're like, never mind. Yeah, I'll just I'll stick to anything else. Yeah, it's like so like you like now starting fire. Or and you've done these crazy things. What do you do? You like have any injuries that have like stood out to you? Like, not maybe necessarily to you, but have happened to other people that like stood out as being like something that makes you just kind of like almost like want to vomit from looking at it. Uh, nothing too crazy. Like I know, like playing football and stuff. There was things that you kind of just like think about more so after. Like I remember I was I got hit one play, and came down on my finger, and it like was completely ninety degrees on top of the knuckle, like right in half and I didn't realize it until I like looked up and then I put my hand up to the ref and he was like oh my god take any take any take any <laughs> and then went and got it popped back in and then you went and continued the game and then but you just think like you're also your mindset in those sports too is like it's physical sport right and it's like stuff like that I think that's a good thing like I probably had in coaching as a younger like getting into things it's like it's a physical sport like injuries are gonna happen so like you're going to either work through it if you can or don't play. So that kind of like taught me. I remember one coach was always like, are you hurt or are you injured? And that was the big justification. Like if you're hurt, suck it up, go back in. That's but the, if yeah. you're injured, it's like, well, your leg's actually broken. Like you shouldn't be playing anymore. That's the movie, The Program. Remember the, are you too young for that? I've ne- I sadly haven't seen oh it. Oh my God, so maybe we'll watch it with the boys tonight it. if it's like, if I'm it's in. shitty out. <laughs> Or tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, the program. That was always like, uh, James Conn's like, are you hurt or are you injured? But yeah. I remember a guy in football, uh, <laughs> this was, he was like, you know the, the drill receivers would do it? And uh, you're over there practicing with your red shirt, doing like quarterback <laughs> things. Doing footwork drills. So yeah, receivers would you'd go like, you'd lean on the goalpost. It would be to stop you from letting the ball get to your yeah. chest, right? So you want to catch it with your hands, the receiver, fingers up, like, you know, just up and down. So the, the coach would throw it at the pole and you've got to be reaching around the pole to grab it. And this guy, he actually played high school with me too, but this is that AKO. The ball hit him on the end of his finger, and it was like it went, it like retracted his ring finger inside of his hand. And the coach, like the trainer guy, who's like this guy Buster, who used to just drink a bottle of whiskey all the time, but he comes out and like, I don't, I'm not sure this is how the doctor did, he just grabbed this thing just and pulled it out like a tape measure. Oh, yeah. And it was like disgusting, <laughs> disgusting. But I think one of the, some gruesome things, man, I was at a call once, and it was like, we, it was like a house we'd been to a bunch of times, a bunch of drunks and drug addicts. And this guy's all bent out of shape about his wife. And he's yelling at us on his porch. And he's like, and she's screaming at him. And we don't really know what's going on. I remember it's like really cold outside. And he's like, oh, fucking fuck. I'm going back inside. Fuck you guys, right? And we're like, hey, yeah, you can't go in there. And I go to grab him. And I, as he's up the stairs, he's walking up his porch. And so he's higher than me. And I'm like, hey, you can't go. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's got his bone from his ankle. He had like must have stepped off the. I don't know. Like, yeah. He wasn't even feeling. That's how fucked up he was. The bone from his ankle is sticking up, like so, coming from like his heel up. It's out of his woolly sock. And then I'm like, "Hey, I think you broke. Obviously, you broke your ankle, man." And he's like, he looks at it, and then when he saw, it, he's like, "Oh!" He like falls <laughs> over, and he's looking at this thing. I'm like, want to throw up because there's like a bone, like this protruding through. So it's like a. You know, broke right through the skin yeah. and then popped through his woolly socks 
over top of his high top uh, boots. Disgusting, man. Like, disgusting. <laughs> do broken bones and stuff like that, do they gross you out? You know, it's the smells that get me, man. Like, the smells. I've seen a lot. Of, I won't, like, there's the my, the worst things I've seen, or I'm not going to talk about it on here, but, like, just some of the messed up injuries that you've seen. Like, one of my, the worst ones was, this is so fucked up. So, there's a guy. We walk into a house again, a bunch of drunks. And this guy's got some kind of infection going on in his leg, and he's in shorts. And he's like, don't mind my legs. They're all swollen. They're disgusting, right? Don't mind my legs. So like, yes, he's yelling. I mean, there's, like, kids crawling around. It's one of these houses. She's like, oh, my God, what is going on here? This guy, this guy, while he's talking to me, he's all fucked up. He bumps himself into the coffee table. But, like, it's not like he's running or sprinting. Yeah. But his leg was so swollen that it tore, like, like <laughs> wet toilet paper would tear. Yeah, but this was disgusting because it like, and you know how wet toilet paper tears? It's not like just like a hole. It like tears away. Like it leaves like a big hole, I guess. And he's dripping blood. And then the radio comes back and says this guy is 1069, which basically means he has some kind of communicable disease, whether it's HIV or hep or something. And as he's talking to me, so this has all happened at, like within the matter of 30 seconds. He bumps into this thing. I bet you I have two years on. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to throw up in my mouth. Then they say this. Then I look, there's a baby crawling on the floor, and the cat is licking this guy's blood. <laughs> How disgusting is that? I'm like, get that baby out of here. Oh, oh those, those are the things that you would see, and the things that you're going to see on these calls in the, in the big city, it's going to be crazy. Well, I'm super excited about that. Yeah, yeah. well, and I think, I feel like fire, you guys go to more injuries probably than the, than police do, because yeah, you guys are rendering. a few things, but nothing to, uh, some, more than some of the injuries so far has just been fascinating to me. Like, I'm, like, I just, it's so interesting to me how some people end up in scenarios that they're in, and it's just like, okay, how are we going to get this person out? <laughs> and it's just fun. It's fun, like, challenge. Yeah. It's like Jenga blocks, but with <laughs> real scenarios. With real, yeah. How are you yeah. going to get this person out yeah. of this this building or this car, right? Pretty crazy. So, back to kind of the whole camp situation and being out. So, you have this... You're heading up to Lake Lozon tomorrow. Right. You've been doing this trip with a bunch of friends of yours for how long now? We've been going. Man, I, I mean, I've been going to this place since I was probably like 17, 18 years old. Okay. But uh, we've been doing a, a cottage trip with this group of people. So there's five couples and like 13 kids. It's like, it's crazy. We all had sons. So we've been doing this trip, this summer trip for probably like eight or nine years. And then we started, now that he, he actually bought the cottage from his parents and from the, the parents' friends. There's two cottages on one property. He bought them. So now we're able to all fit at that place. So yeah. we just started going there three years ago. And then we do the, the fall classic with, with the boys. So, And then we're talking about the camps and we're talking about injuries. That kind of like goes hand in hand. And Blast Camp is like, uh, I, people, if you're listening to this right now, like, are you prepared to deal with an injury? You know, are you prepared to deal an with injury, something? Even just a situation, right? Like we go, we go fishing up may long weekend up north and it's like you're once you get into the lake we're at you're two hours from any hospital like the only way you're connecting to people is through satellite phone like there's so many things that like can go wrong quick right you're chopping wood you're doing stuff like we had one where we're boating and the boat flips on the way in right and it's cold and it's may long weekend and you know, we had to quickly get somebody to shore and, and start a fire and have them, you know, sit there and warmed up for a bit, right? And it's like, luckily, the group we're with 
understands the importance of get this person out of the water now. We're getting to land. We're starting a fire. We're changing clothes. We're getting them back to a normal temperature, and then we'll continue on. But it's like things like that can go from a little scenario to an extreme circumstance so quickly, and it's like, yeah, it's like, are you, are you ready for what could happen? Yeah, what's right? your plan? Like, what's your plan? And that's something I know you talk about a lot at Blast Camp. We've gone over it a lot of times. Is like anywhere you go or any room you go into, it's like if the worst or not always, like don't always think that the worst is going to happen, but it's like if something happens right now, what is your emergency plan? If we are playing out in the back right now and one of the boys gets hurt, what's the play? Right, like, how are you gonna in your head? How are you gonna get them to the car, to the hospital, or where are you gonna call, or how are you gonna get it? It's just stuff like that, like, kind of thinking of things to be prepared for. Yeah, it's not even about like being the doomsday guy. It's being like being ready to be the hero. Like I say at Blast Camp, like you are like fuck first responders is what I say. Like I'm obviously I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean like I'm like the first responders. You the first responders the person who you calls nine one one. Right. The first responders that person on scene who before fire or EMS or police. We're not in the middle of nowhere right now. But how long would it take somebody to get here to help us? An ambulance. Yeah. There's, there's one not too far out. Like, it'll probably be, you know, five minutes. They're not on another run. Yeah. Right? Like, so, for but us. But, like, and even that, five minutes is, five minutes of choking is, yeah, you're, so you're done. Right? There's so it's many like, nurses, there's so many cops, there's so many firemen, and you guys have all this training, but, like, like why not bring some tools with you? Like, why, you don't have, you have, like, your little red first aid bag, the one you get from Shoppers Drug Mart with some Band-Aids and a, and a triangle, and what are you going to Somebody's gonna get punctured with something, and you're gonna take make a little donut rings around it. That doesn't fucking work, guys. Like, what you need to do is you need to know how to tie a tourniquet. You need to know how to deal with these things. Before we went the four wheeler yesterday, like, that wasn't like a crazy four wheel trip. We weren't going far, mm-hmm. but fucking anything can happen, man. Like, you roll that thing out, you know. Almost lost my phone. That was crazy, but yeah, <laughs> you know, like you roll that thing over, somebody gets hurt. Like before we even left. I said, hey, Casey, my first aid, like, I have a backpack. It's got my tourniquets in it. It's got, like, enough yeah. to deal with some pretty serious injuries. And mine's behind my left seat. Yeah, it, like, it's right here. If we need it, like, you know, what both of us need to know, we go to that cottage tomorrow. Like, all my buddies at that cottage took blast camp, and they were, you know, it, it hit them. Like, you know, we're swinging the axe sometimes in those, those fall classic trips three, four hours a day. Like, how easy could I slip that axe and put that into my leg? Yeah. You know, and who's going to help me? Who's going to get And what's you? the play, right? Right, yeah. yeah and like, it's so this true. truck is the emergency truck. Like, that, it's that simple. You get to that cottage. Here's the first aid kit. It will be here the whole time. If something happens, you are calling 911. Mm-hmm. You are flagging down the ambulance. Or we're going to drive to meet that ambulance. This is the truck we will take. It'll be here. Here's the car keys. It's that simple. And that's like the plan. And that plan is like every single day. Like that's... Like, just give yourself some peace of mind. Put yourself in a position that if shit goes wrong, you've got a plan and everybody can execute that quickly. Yeah, and it's taking that mindset into like your everyday stuff. It doesn't. You don't have to be in the woods in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of like, it's like going out to a restaurant with your family or doing that. It's like, you know, like again, like you said, don't be the doomsday person, but take that split second to just be like, okay, where's the exits? If something, whatever, right? I know Chris Lusa talked about this a lot with us. It's like, where are the exits? What am I going to do? Have a plan with your family, like, at some point. Like, you do it, 
you're, you're taught to do it for your house, right? You're taught to go through a fire plan with your family, which is another thing people probably don't do as much of is like, if there's something, you know, kids, where are you going to go? You're going to get outside and you're going to go to the tree in the front yard, or you're going to get outside and you're going to go to this neighbor's house next door, right? No matter what. So, you know, as a parent, you're getting out of the house and your kids are at this tree or they're at this house. And it's the same thing like, like again, Chris Sousa talks about with his wife on a more extreme circumstance. He talked about if you get pulled, like if, if there's an incident on the side of a highway and he needs to get out of the vehicle and go help another police officer or something like that, he knows, like I, I believe he told his wife, the next exit and you're going to drive 500 meters and park on the right side of the road. So he knows no matter what happens, he's going to, at the end of this call or end of this scenario, if he goes to the next exit, 500 meters on the right, his wife and family are going to be there. Okay? So it's like having that talk or, or thought in your head when you go into regular circumstances or anything especially a little more extreme or remote where it's like you know the response time isn't going to be two minutes or three minutes and it might be 10 minutes and it's like, if something happens, if there's a severe cut, like you're the one who's gotta, you gotta stop it. Yeah, it's not just it's not just about being like a SWAT guy or a fireman or cop. Talk to the like teachers. How does this apply to you? Well, in your classroom, what is your weapon of opportunity? Like, okay, we talk about fire alarms. We practice the the school practice. There hasn't been a kid killed in the fire since 1800 in the school. Something crazy like that. But there has been killed, unfortunately, like knock on wood, there's been all kinds of these shootings, right? You know, that it's prevalent in the States, not so much here, but like you're a teacher, what is your game plan for you? Not just the class, not just like the whole school's game plan of, which is like, you know, drawn up and it's good that they have a plan, don't get me wrong, but like it might not go as planned. What's your plan in your classroom if you have to protect that door and you have to protect 30 kids behind you? What's your plan as the mom when you go, to you know whatever to the to the movies like it, these are real life situations right now and i'm not saying don't be scared to go to the places just like have an idea how you're going to get out or if you're going to fight right fight or flight and what's and the plan change that look right like just look at it as you're the person you're the person who's going to ask exactly right be not, the one not who who is going to step up if i'm in a restaurant oh i know somebody in here knows you know the Heimlich maneuver. I know somebody in here is going to be the person to take action. It's like, don't think of it that way. Think of it as I'm going to take action. I'm going to be the first one to do it. I should be pushing them out of the way to do it properly because then it's like, what if there is no one else? That's that whole bystander thing is, you know, someone's choking and there's 10 people standing in a circle waiting for someone to take action on it is like the second you take action on it, second you point at someone and say, Hey, start doing this. Hey, make the call things happen quicker yeah right be that person if you don't know how to do it be the person to say hey who knows how to do this be the person on the video not the one yeah. taking the video and 100%. that's what this world's become it's like everybody's reaching for their cell phones to videotape what the fuck's going on when there's like this asshole on an airplane behaving like a like a donkey and you're like be the person in the video man that I, that for me i mean that's the kind of person i want to be that's the person that the kind of people i want to raise that's the kind of people i want around me it's like in general, like for, and that will make you better in business, life, everything. If you're going to be that person and surround yourself with people like that, if that's, you know, that's my opinion of that for sure. But I think we beat that one to, to death. Hey, I got a, I got a good story for you though. Let's hear it. So the other day 
Speaking of be that person, I was not that person. I like, I decided I'm going to sleep in because we're, you know, I've been working my ass off lately. So she comes in and sleeping is like, it's like 5.45 in the morning. I'm about to get up in 20 minutes. So she comes into the room. She's like, Tony, I need you. She's like, there's bats. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm all out of it, right? So I come down. I'm in my underwear, no shirt. She's like, there's two bats flying around the living room. Like bats, bats. Bats. Like well, this bats. is my, I'm like, this is my question. Like, this is not logical to me. I've never seen a bat in my house before, of course. So as I come down my stairs, you know how my stairs, it's like a, I have a big two-story old school kind of house. So you can't really see the main floor as you come down the stairs because it's like a wall, you know, yeah. like the angled wall for the kids' bedrooms. And as I come down, this bat like goes and I swear to God, it practically grazes my bare chest. And I'm like, right? <laughs> like get one of those. So... I'm like, what the? Then I see another one fly by. So, like, get the door open. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So, I didn't have a plan for the bats. So, what's my plan? I call McGee. So it's, but that's the plan. So, call McGee. Shout know out to McGee, the, of course. Know the, who the guy the podcast is. Man, McGee. So, I'm like, and I swear to God, I'm like, McGee, I'm like, I need a fishing net. My fishing nets are actually at the cottage, right? I'm like, do you have a fishing net? I swear to God, the man must have been sleeping with a fishing net next to his bed. He's over in three minutes. Like I woke him up out of bed. He's over with a fishing bat, give, you know, fishing uh, net. Gives me a skimmer, like a pool skimmer thing. And he's like, "Okay, follow me in." <laughs> like he's done this yeah, like, yeah. every day. He goes in. I swear to God, in less than ten seconds, he's caught the first bat and he's coming out the door, like basically chasing me back out the door with it. Because I'm like, "Get that thing away from me!" Wheels it on the ground out of the net. Goes back in. Three minutes later, comes out with the other one and wheels it out, which is terrifying. So now. So now we're freaked out because, you know, you go online and they're like, bats, like you won't see them. And now everybody's telling me about this bat problem in our neighborhood. They're like, they go into the soffit, they can live in the walls, you won't know they're there, you might never see them again, but they're colonizing. And we're like, we're thinking they came down the chimney, right? Right. But but then you call the pest control guys and they're like, oh no, like they're giving you like, they're also trying to sell me something. So like right now I'm like, don't know what I'm going to do about this thing. We're away for a week. I hope there's no bats in the house. My dad's got to go. McGee's going to go check on the house. I don't know what's going on there. But how crazy is that? Like, too bad. Danny goes to go to Garage Gym Live. That's why she was up because, you know, yeah. she's not up at 6 in the morning usually. She goes on to go in the Garage Gym Live to teach. Thinks she sees a moth. Like, she's like, oh, my God, that was a big moth. It's the biggest moth. Right? And then she's like, oh, my God, it's a bat. Right? Like, how messed up is that? The kids weren't home, thank God. But, but now I'm, like, terrified that we've got this bat problem in my, my house. Have you looked up more information on bats? Yeah, but it's like looking up, like, you know, when you look up, like, you think you've got a ward on your foot, and you look up a ward on your toe or something, and you, like, get these, like, insane pictures. Yes, you know, there's 3,000 bats. Yeah, and people getting their foot in. Walls. Like, yeah, it's like, when you look something up on the internet, you get nothing but the worst case scenario, yeah. right? Like, that's what you're starting to think of. So, <laughs> pretty crazy, right? So, what are you going to do to the listener? If you wake up and there's bats in your house, uh, yeah. who do you call? Who do you call? Make sure you got a... Now I have a net. Now I have a plan. I have a plan. If I wake up to bats, I have a net in my house. I know to like keep the lights off because no it panic. keeps them kind of still. Flash a flashlight on them and try to get them when they're perched. That's, the, that's what the, this has all come down to for these bats. So, <laughs> so they weren't sleeping during the day. No, no, they were not. No, they were not. not a false myth then. <laughs> so you've been watching the Olympics, right? Yeah. So how fucking sweet was that? So last night we sat here and we watched your brother-in-law. Basically, yeah, playing basketball for Team Iran. Team Iran 
and they were playing Team France in basketball. Right. It was just like the coolest thing ever. So this is like friend of the podcast. Everybody who's the garage in person knows Mackenzie, Brooke, Casey's girlfriend, Brooke, sister, Mackenzie, her husband. And he's playing, and the the boys were loving it. Like they're yeah. they're the biggest it's big Phil fans now. Yeah, so Phil's playing for Team Iran, and he man, he played like a he ton of that great. game last night. Yeah, and just an incredible experience. Like just the fact that when the Olympics are happening, and in Tokyo, and just the whole scenario is incredible. Yeah, just share you some know? of that, man, because it's so this is just like it's amazing to think like. The guy like basically was here, and then all of a sudden yeah, he's in he's Germany, and then he's incredible like incredible story. We should we should call him. <laughs> we should get him on the yeah. We yeah. get him on the show. But he but. just yeah, he was playing bas- pro basketball in Germany. Um, has his family is Iranian, so he had a connection with that and went and tried out for the team. Um, had to go through a bunch of you know training scenarios and going through a bunch of obviously political things with it, and then ended up on a plane to Tokyo for the Olympics and. There they are, and they had, uh, they played, they, he got to play against Team USA the other day, you know, he's on the court with Kevin Durant, he played Team France last night, and just like, the whole experience of being in the Olympic Village, and going through, and getting to see all this, to be an Olympian, it's just so cool to hear somebody who's so dedicated to his sport, he's been playing for his whole life and to make it to that level, right? It's just like, it's exciting. It's, it's in, it's inspiring seeing people get to that. Yeah. Like for me, I, I only met Phil the one time, maybe twice hung out with that one day. I think when you moved in, we had some beers and stuff, but he, uh, like, I don't, I was like so excited when I saw him, like when he got to, he checked in, like he checked in maybe five minutes into the first quarter. I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so funny. Like imagine though, imagine like that's your kid or like, and imagine, like, basketball's a longer game. Imagine the stress yeah. of a parent watching, like, the 100-meter dash with your child in it. Like, you know, like, you know, that's pretty freaking crazy, yeah, the, the idea. So that was a, this is a question that came up yesterday. You have one year to train for any single, um, single sport for the Olympics. And you have to compete no matter what. And you just can't be completely embarrassed. What sport would you choose? Not team sports, individual exercise. You have to run or do track and field, gymnastics, whatever. If you had to pick one event, what would you do? I don't think I answered this question yesterday. You and Danny were going back and forth about it forever. And uh, we were kind of ixnaying everything she said because we felt like she was cheating in these subjects. So I think she said she was going to go for softball. We're like, well, you played softball. So for me, I guess it would be the 100-meter dash, I guess, man. I was okay at that high school. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still so fast, fast at 42. That be, is such an insane. Well, 12 seconds for me. 12 seconds. I feel like these guys will be done in nine and a half seconds, whatever it is. But like, but the, see, if you choose something like that, though, like it's such a visual loss. Yeah. Right. Like when you're when you're in line with all these other guys, they are gonna be. There's gonna be a photo, and they are gonna be 20 yards ahead of you, and you're just the one person in the back. Well, I was I was decent at track. Not that an Olympian decent, but I like and. I will say of all the sports I played, by far the most stressful thing in the world was like right before like a track race. And I'm talking high school guys. Like I say decent. I was a decent high school track. I'm not talking like anything else beyond that. But like that the like butterflies you would feel. Like that girl we watched her last night, she uh, DQ'd after two like uh, false starts. Like the butterflies waiting for like 
just to get on the track. And then when you're walking up to the track and they're like, you know, you're taking off your sweats and like getting ready to like get into those blocks. It is the most like, I mad respect for those guys like doing how they're doing it. Like just insane amount of pressure and stuff that's on these people. And it's, it's just been crazy. And all these wild stories that have been happening this year in the Olympics, like the criticisms that's going on with like, you know, the, the young ladies, uh, Simone there that dropped out of the Olympics and, or chose not to compete. Right. Like, I just think like people are, the, the judgment that goes on these amateur athletes in a sense, like amateur, however, they have to behave like pros. Like they're, they're amateurs, yeah. but they have to train like pros, not get paid, you know, say no to, I mean, obviously like there's been the, the drug thing that's like become like, I'm not talking about the PDs on me, like you know, the girl getting kicked out for smoking weed. Like there's, it's just so many different things that they're expected to do. Like I can't can imagine having that pressure and then training for all these years and then getting there and, or like the girl who fell over the hurdle yesterday we were watching, like, Oh my God, you get all the way there and you fall over the hurdle. Like, yeah. Oh, just, just, it pulls at your heartstrings watching these things. That's for sure. Yeah. But incredible. So many incredible athletes. Very incredible. So what do we got to do today? Today, what's next? It's clearing up. Yeah, it's clearing up. I can see us. We're getting on the boat. We're getting our uh, our attention span starting to get drawn towards this nice weather and maybe a couple of uh, cold beers since this coffee's over. But not while on the boat. But not while on the boat. <laughs> very, very well said. So when I come to cottage country, I like I don't know what's with me, but I get all nostalgic with my beer selection. So yeah. I just, I've grabbed Moosehead. Nice. Yesterday it was very fitting. We saw a deer. We were, we were on the four wheeler for like thirty seconds in the back. Didn't pass a deer. Didn't even flinch. Just walked by us. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. What would you pick? You got to go to. So we talked about what sport are you going to be in the Olympics. You're going to the cottage. Which beer would you pick? I know we went with Bush lattes yesterday. Speaking of McGee, but Moosehead is my beer. Maybe Kokanee, something like that. What are you going with? Hmm. Stumped. You usually have a system for everything. I know that's what I'm saying. Like if I'm fishing, bush lights <laughs> or bush heavies if we're real deep in the woods. Uh, cottage. I don't. I don't know. Land sharks are always are always great. I can't believe water. you're melting under this. This water. is the question that that sinks you. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a big decision. You can't just speak of this lightly. Oh yeah, the people need to know. <laughs> they need to the know. people need to know what is Casey Wright choosing. As is camp beer. Sticking with land sharks. Sticking with land sharks always. Hey, go tropical. Stay tropical, stay, my friend. Stay tropical. Stay tropical, my friend. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, guys. Um, uh, yeah, oh, sorry. Big thing, big thing. We got the 10,000 company clothing apparel, right? So I've become an official, like, athlete or ambassador, I guess, for 10,000. So if anybody wants to uh, get on that. You can go check out the link in my bio at thetangle1.ca. That'll bring you the affiliate link. It'll get you hooked up with the discount code. But you can also use code SMITH15, S-M-I-T-H, uh, SMITH, or sorry, SMITH, obviously, S-M-I-T-H, all caps, 15, uh, the, for the discount code. But 10,000, it's a man's, uh, manly man's company. It's uh, fitness apparel. It's got short shorts. It's got normal shorts. It's got uh, some, like, you know, low-key just lounging around type clothes. It's awesome, man. I can't, I'm just like super proud. I'm super like happy and stoked that these guys reached out to me because I love what they sell and I love what they represent. No bullshit, no gimmicks. Uh, and they don't want me to promote it in any kind of like, you know, soft way. They just like do what you do and wear our clothes. And if you like them, talk about them. If you don't, then don't, right? And it's, it's, it's awesome. So if you guys are listening, jump on there and don't forget to uh, stock up on your HQ nutrition stuff. 
It's code Tango15 for that one and uh, get what you want. And uh, right now I'm loving the, uh, they came out with the new EA or PCAs that I've been using. Uh, a bunch of new flavors, go get them and enjoy. It's also a great thing to have at the cottage to make sure that you're- Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, my friend. Okay? Good, that's a wrap. All right, man. Cheers. 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 Now's the time to do more and be more. 